Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of A, a BJJ, BJJ Marriage. Marriage, where we talk about our lives as a married jujitsu couple. I promise our life is almost calming down. Almost. Almost. We do have a wedding next week, Sunday. We do. Yes. It was, I actually don't blame her for doing it on the Sunday at all because it's the Sunday before Labor Day. Mm-hmm. So everyone's off of school and work on Monday, which means that everyone could just sleep in that day anyway. And it was like $10,000 cheaper. And I was like, do it. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers to that. And uh, <laughs> another episode of a BJJ marriage. Yes. Welcome. We were just going to weddings on summer yep. and sometimes doing jujitsu. This is actually only our second of four weddings this summer. But uh, this is the second wedding that I've been in out of three. And so it's just been a lot of prep and getting ready. And this week is going to be a little crazy. I started thinking about everything that I actually really had to do this week as a maid of honor. And I was like, oh, I kind of have a lot to do. So we'll see how much training I actually get in this week. Well, also next weekend is the Labor Day Gentle Art Lifestyle Camp. Mm -hmm. If you haven't signed up for that yet, you should. There are day passes available. Mm -hmm. You can be one of the first crew to check out the new White Lotus Gym in Milwaukee. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is exciting. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be at Fluid, but we just moved it, or Josh just moved it to his new gym, White Lotus, which he just opened, and he didn't originally schedule it to be there because he didn't know how much how much time it was going to take to actually set up the gym and get ready, and he didn't want to make empty promises. The camp was a thought before the gym was. The what was? The oh, camp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. But now it just seems to work out that way. Well, it was funny because I just told Megan, like, probably three weeks ago. And I was just like, why don't you guys just have it at White Lotus? And she's like, we can't move the camp. And I was like, why? And she's like, because people are coming out of town for it. And I was like, okay. So they need to go. To- I'm like, what does it matter if they go one direction or another? <laughs> like, It just didn't make sense to me. And she was like, oh, yeah. So now that Maybe. they have the map, the, all the mats set up, they're just doing it there. But yeah, Gentle Art Lifestyle Camp, I believe this is the fourth one now. Something like that. In the last year, so that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It's going to be four days of jujitsu. I'm going to be there Friday, Saturday morning, and Monday, I believe. Yeah, I'll be there Friday and maybe Monday, depending what bride wants to do after the wedding. That's right. But, yeah, so it's a gentle lifestyle camp. It's a four-day camp. There are day passes. Uh, you can just participate. I think it's 50 bucks a day or 200 bucks for the whole weekend. That doesn't make any sense. It's not like a deal for the whole weekend. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's 75 a day. Okay. Either way, it's really fun. You learn from a lot of different black belts from around, I guess, the country, because Charles Harriet will be there. Well, 50 times 4 is 200. I know, but normally when you buy, like, 4, it's a deal. It's like... I don't know. You would think it would be, like, 190 or something, not 200. Well, you know what I mean? There's more details on the website. On yeah, the go look at that. <laughs> that knows a lot more than we do. <laughs> I can't remember everything. But... Yeah, so it's going to be at White Lotus, and Charles Harriet will be teaching, Josh Janice will be teaching, as Brenton well as Brenton Fitzgerald. And so will, can't remember her name, but she's at Atos Black Belt, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I'm super excited to learn from. I probably won't even see her, will I? Yeah, you will. Will I? Probably. Okay. Most of the time, everybody's at the whole camp, for the most part. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well. So, yeah. Camp welcome. will be exciting. It's episode 72. Uh, we, as you can, if you can see, if you're watching instead of just listening, we are wearing tie-dye. the whitest geese. <laughs> tie dye geese. Whoop, whoop. 
Tie dye geese, yes. That we was, made them ourselves. We did. It we was... got these. Um, these are actually really nice combat corner basic geese, which I'm very surprised at the quality of these geese. <laughs> How about you? Yeah, I like it. They're the combat corner essential geese. Is that mine too, though? I don't yeah. think that's mine, is it? Yeah. I don't remember. Let me see. Right. <laughs> yep, A1 classic kimono. It's a combat corner, though? Yeah. Oh. Cool. Good job, Combat Corner. Yeah. <laughs> but then we uh, tied them, tie-dyed them ourselves. And if you can't see, hers is a light blue and purple pastel tied in with her white base. Mm-hmm. And mine is kind of everything. <laughs> yeah. It's got a lot of yellow, blue, green, some brown, some pink, some purple. Well, excuse me. And uh, yeah, it's super fun. Describes Nick Lee pretty perfectly. All over the place. Yep. But yeah, that was an event that we did with our fluid crew. We all got together, hung out at one of our friends' houses, and we just tie-dyed geese and shirts for the entire day. It was really fun, actually. It was a really fun activity. Mm-hmm. I got hyper-focused on tie-dyeing my geese. Yeah. But yours turned out, like, there's barely any white in it, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Like, mine has a lot of white in it, but I also use, like, very pastel colors. Like yes. You can see even where it's kind of whitish here, it's still green. And if I use a darker color, it would probably not be as white. But uh-huh. next yeah. time we're going to do um, bleach, bleaching black tie dye mm-hmm. geese. Yeah, because I have a feeling we'll do this again. People yes. had a lot of fun with it, and really, it wasn't that much work. You just had to buy a white gi or a white shirt, and then you just get tie dye stuff. And it's basically just a tie dye day. You're just doing geese instead of like t shirts. Mm-hmm. So we had a lot of fun with it. A lot of our group actually was able to make one and can't wait to see what everyone's looks like because it's only been about a week so yeah haven't really seen too many let us know if uh you need tips tied on your geese yeah <laughs> we can help you out with that yeah but hmm. so yeah we've had a lot of stuff going on so we obviously missed last week what did we do last week it was our birthdays <laughs> oh yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah happy birthday nick happy birthday Brittany. <laughs> I'm now 29 plus 2. <laughs> or 12 plus seven, yeah. 19. Yeah. Yep. 12 plus no. 19. <laughs> That's gross. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Brittany's 12 also. No. Good, good try. She's 12 plus 15. Mm-hmm. How does that feel? Better than 12 plus 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah. Just turned 27. He just turned 31. So we went out. And because our birthdays are so close to each other, his is August 19th and mine is August 22nd. So we've known each other for nine years now. Wow. Wow. We've known each other for nine years. No, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> I met you in May when I was 18. So, I've known you for like eight years. A little over eight years. However, okay. that math adds up. So, in May, it'll be nine years that I've known you. But basically, for eight years now, we have been doing trips every August to mm-hmm. just go out and celebrate. I mean, we're only three days apart. So, typically, we just either take that week off or the whole long weekend or whatever mm-hmm. days it falls on and we go do something fun. One time we went to Europe. Mm-hmm. This time we went to Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. Basically. We did some of the same things we did in Europe, but in Milwaukee. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. This time last year, we probably were on episode like 
I don't know, maybe 25-ish or something. And we were in New York and D.C. for our birthday last year. Yeah, I saw Gary Tonin. Yep. I went to uh, Hensel Gracie's on my birthday, my 30th birthday. Yeah, I remember we did talk about it too. So, But yeah, this year we just decided with all the weddings happening and all the jujitsu seminars that we've been doing and saving up for, we just decided to do a staycation. And it wasn't in any way cheaper based on things that we decided to do. It was cheaper to stay at our house. We did not need a hotel. We did not need a dog sitter. So that was all very nice, Mm -hmm. which we probably need a dog sitter for Saturday or Sunday for the wedding. Dad. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Um, we might. Anyway, so yeah, for our birthdays this year, we did a Milwaukee staycation because every time we do travel, we always notice that we learn so much about the places that we visit mm-hmm. and that we really didn't know much about our own city that we've lived in our entire lives. Right. So we've talked about doing a staycation for years now, and then we just kind of actually did it this time. And it was really fun. We had a really good time. We learned a lot of history about Milwaukee. Yeah. I think we learned about my... fires. We learned about yeah. people killing themselves. <laughs> we learned about... Why would you put it that way? Because <laughs> uh, well, we started out with ghost tours. <laughs> and then we learned about um, some of the old where things come from in Milwaukee and how it was founded and how it grew with different communities. For those of you in Milwaukee, did you guys know that in the third ward back in the 1800s, 18 blocks burned down like completely At once. to nothing? One fire, 18 block fire. Yeah. That's crazy. Was... We had no idea. Yeah. You should have seen the pictures. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. There's not pictures <laughs> from the 1800s. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she caught that one. Nope. I was just agreeing <laughs> with you. <laughs> As a wife does. <laughs> Good wife. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But, yeah, so we did some ghost tours, and then we did a Brady Street food and walking tour. That was really fun. It was actually really good. Yeah, we learned history about a certain particular part of our city called Brady Street, for those of you not from Milwaukee. And then it also... It's kind of like a downtown area where you go out. Yeah, it's like filled with bars and restaurants and things, but big... Popular. Yeah, big night out for, like, I don't know, a bunch of 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds who want to just go out and drink and party all night, but... The restaurants are really good, too. So we got to eat a lot on this trip, which was mm-hmm. really fun. We got all the way from, like, pizza to empanadas to tacos to cannolis to a beer at Wolski's. Like, yeah. yeah, we got a lot of stuff. We did a distillery tour. We did. That got was drunk. crazy. Yep, very. <laughs> <laughs> Absinthe. Mm-hmm. It was good. I didn't do that. <laughs> but, yeah, the distillery tour was fun, and then we went out. A couple times, we went to Palmer's Steakhouse, which was really good. The steak was pretty good. And we also, where else did we eat out in Milwaukee? I feel like we were just kind of trying a bunch of stuff. There's one night we felt really lazy, and we didn't feel like leaving the house, so we just ordered Carabas to go. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was perks of a staycation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, so then on my birthday, we decided to go celebrate and spend the day in Chicago. That actually. was fun. Yeah, we walked around. We did um, a museum of ice cream, mm-hmm. which, like, imagine a room where everything is pink. And what I mean everything, I mean the floors, the ceilings, the, ceilings, the, the light lights. fixtures, <laughs> the, um, wo- I already said walls, right? Mm-hmm. The chairs, the tiles, the accents. Everything. Literally everything pink. Pinks, reds, purples, light blues, like all the like fun ice cream flavors that you can think of. 
It was really a unique experience. And then there was ice cream in every room that they just gave you. Like you walk in and they gave you a Dove ice cream bar. And we're like, yep. okay. And then you just keep walking. And then the first room they give you sherbet. The second room they give you a snow cone. The third room they give you a hot dog ice cream. Oh, yeah. That was odd. That was super odd. It was ice cream that was flavored like a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And they put mustard and a pickle on it. Yep. That was an interesting experience. And it was it's still very cold because yep. it was ice cream. <laughs> but it tasted like a hot dog. But it didn't feel like a hot dog. <laughs> and they put it in a bun. Yeah. A real bun. A real bun with sesame seeds on it because that's Chicago a Chicago style, style bun. <laughs> we were in Chicago, not Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. It was strange, but it was a good experience. I would say I'm glad we tried it. And then I also got Blue Moon ice cream with cotton candy on it. That was fantastic. Mm. I got to jump into a ball pit of sprinkles. Yep. That is no Nick's profile picture on Facebook, if that's because you're wondering. <laughs> um, Good discussion piece. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, and I definitely pushed kids out of the way to get in there. Uh-huh. And he was doing Gramby rolls. I did. I did Gramby rolls in the ball pit, <laughs> or the sprinkle pit. And I was doing a donkey card, but mm-hmm. nobody wanted to roll with me. And Brittany wouldn't come in there with me either. I wouldn't go in. Do you know how German fested those are? Sprinkles don't carry germs. <laughs> okay. Impossible. Okay, sure. It's just sugar. I had no interest whatsoever. All those kids who had just eaten all those treats too, with all the ice cream and their sticky hands. Did and you see them faces? Did you? Mm-mm, no. Did you see them cleaning up the biohazard stuff as I was getting into the pool? <laughs> no, that's disgusting. <laughs> Somebody did something. I don't know what they did. <laughs> But there was like three employees with one of those biohazard cleanup kits, bodily fluid kits, I should no. say. Honestly, if it was a ball pit literally like anywhere else, I probably would have won in it. But because it was at a museum of ice cream with children eating ice cream, I really had no interest. Yeah, I don't know how they thought that was a good idea. Nope. But I enjoyed it, so thank you. <laughs> yeah. So then also in Chicago, we just kind of walked around for a while. We went shopping. We went to a four-story Starbucks. That was really fun. Yes. And to a really big T-Mobile store because <laughs> Nick likes phones. I do like cell phones <laughs> a lot. Uh, but then we ended the night at a restaurant called X-Pot. And this is the right, the, like, sex pot restaurant. The what the pot? Whole, yeah. Did was, you just say I was sex pot? To, I was trying to swallow my lemonade and, and talk at we the same time. We did not go to sex pot. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we did. Um, it's like a potluck, but with sex everywhere. No, stop it. <laughs> my dad listens to this. <laughs> he would go to a sex pot. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear about that this week. Okay. Anyway. So, it's a restaurant called X Pot. <laughs> This is the whole reason we went to Chicago is because I saw an advertisement on it. So good job, Facebook. You suckered me in. And <laughs> Did you just say you got zuckered in? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Good job, Zuck. Mark Zuckerberg was just on Rogan's podcast and apparently talked about how he just found jujitsu and yeah. how he had how he wishes that he had found it earlier or something like that. I haven't listened to the episode yeah. yet, so I don't know exactly what it went like, but... The article is talking about how Mark Zuckerberg just started and he wishes he would have started sooner, just as everyone does. And I'm going to go listen to that this week. Yeah, I will too. Same with the Aaron Rodgers one. Aaron I'm excited to listen to Aaron Rodgers on uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah. But we'll see what that's about, I guess. Anyway, Expat. So, <laughs> Expat is a five star, 5D dining experience. And yeah. we had no idea what that meant. But we were like, we're intrigued. Let's go. <laughs> I'm in. 
Uh, the restaurant was beautiful. The uh, aesthetic in it was just like mesmerizing. There were so many light fixtures and different colors, and it, it was felt just, like I was in a nightclub. Yeah, almost, but it was fine dining, which yes. was even cooler. So it was really nice. And then every single seat had your own little spot for a hot pot. And you could pick what kind of hot pot you wanted, whether you wanted bone broth, which is what I got, a spicy Szechuan. I got spicy Szechuan. Szechuan bone broth. It was amazing. And it had real Szechuan peppers. And if you don't know what a real Szechuan pepper does, it makes your tongue tingly and half numb. <laughs> it's, and it's spicy. But it's like all at once. It's wild. I love Szechuan. Like real yeah. Szechuan. But they also specialize in Wagyu beef. Yes, everything was Wagyu. Apparently, they get shipments from uh, Japan every single day about just fresh Wagyu beef, which is pretty cool. Which it's Chicago, so that doesn't even really surprise me that much. It's that's a big city. I'd be really skeptical if they told me that in Milwaukee. <laughs> but I guess in Chicago, that seems a little bit more likely. And what happens when you're there is we ordered the feast because that's what they recommend when you're a first timer there, just to like try everything out. Instead of just getting a steak or just getting a hot pot, they wanted you to get the feast. So the first thing that happens is they bring out this like bronze cow that just has a crap ton of raw meat on it. And it they poured some liquid in it. So like dry ice would make it just start steaming. And it was super cool. One of the coolest things that I've ever seen at a restaurant. Yeah, it was this giant like platter of meat that was smoking and presenting itself. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and some of it was sashimi. Some of it was Wagyu tartar, mm-hmm. and some of it he literally just grilled right in front of us. Yep. On a little tiny grill that he brought out with Wagyu fat on it so that he could grease up the grill so nothing would stick. Mm. But that was fantastic. And then uh, we Wanna go there for dinner tonight? Kind of. <laughs> 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 and then we each got a hot pot with where we got to make our own like meatballs and dumplings and noodles and sprouts and, and there was there's... this platter of uh sliced wagyu beef and it was mm-hmm. sliced so thinly that in your hot pot it only took seven seconds to cook uh to medium rare yeah it was fantastic delicious some of the best food i've ever had honestly yes it was expensive but it was seriously some of the best food it. i've ever had we will definitely go back in the future yes uh so yeah that was our birthdays no jujitsu, unfortunately. We actually we tried. Oh, wait, 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 wait. We did wait. do Manuel's seminar. We did. We went to Manuel's seminar. Manuel Velasquez. Velasquez. Velasquez, I think. Mm-hmm. He's from Seattle. So. He's from Seattle. <laughs> but he's American top team black belt. Mm-hmm. And, well, he was a black belt in Mexico, but then he trained an American top team. Yep. But he taught us some awesome guard pass flows. Uh-huh. And how to do, like, leg drags and um, weaving in and out of people's legs when they're trying to regard and stuff. He did a lot of, I would say it was, like, diving through legs. Like, imagine mm-hmm. a diver swimming through a pool. That's kind of what you were doing, but in between legs. <laughs> yeah, he would go from standing in your guard to over-underpass And then you were in side control. Like, yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah, like, how did that happen? <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, it was... It was a fun experience. It was kind of cool. It, I thought it was really unique because Manuel, he, so Spanish is his first language. He is not the greatest at English, but he's definitely learning. So he had our friend Jose be his translator for the most part. And it was just kind of cool that we could still learn from Manuel, even though he didn't speak English, like to a full capacity. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show that like Jiu-Jitsu is such a universal language that you don't really need to all speak the same language or all speak English in order to learn from someone else. That's right. 
So I thought you can that pick was it up cool. and implement it by just seeing people do things. Yeah. Have you been using the stuff from them all? Um, I feel like I haven't rolled that much this week. <laughs> but yeah, I did. I did use some of it that day also. Cool. You haven't mm-hmm. done it all since? Um, I don't think so. Okay. But I don't think I've stood up and... That's a lie. I'd probably stand up in everyone's card. I have definitely... Not consciously, I haven't done it. I've used his stuff a little bit this week. I was playing around, but I don't really feel like we were in the gi that much this week. That's what I'm saying. So it was really hard to like kind of play around with pinning the leg, which is what I want to work with the most. Because uh, Friday was no game. I wasn't there Wednesday. And then... Yeah. I don't know. Yep. Anyway. More right, to well, play with. That was really all we did on our birthday weekend, though, for jujitsu. So we yes. kind of... Actually, you went and rolled at White Lotus. I did. I did a little bit of um, breaking in the mats at White Lotus, mm-hmm. which was fun. Just rolled with Josh, uh, Black Belt BJJ Globetrotters mm-hmm. instructor. And yeah, that was. it's a really cool gym. If you're ever in the Milwaukee area, it's going to be a good place to drop into. Mm-hmm. I agree. <clears throat> so yeah, and then yesterday we actually had another pancreation fight with mm. two of our kids. Um, yep. Little Alex and Little Marco. We have talked about them in other podcasts based on other pancreations. And and just competitions in general. Yeah. They're two of our biggest kid competitors that we have. Mm-hmm. And so we try to be there for them and coach them as much as possible, especially since they accepted this fight on Friday. And the fight uh, was yeah. Saturday. <laughs> Last minute. Mm-hmm. They were like, hey, Nick, can you corner my kids? Um, they're fighting tomorrow. what (laughs) sure let's see if we can make that happen well we knew little alex was waiting for a match for weeks now and they just couldn't find him one and so we kind of just assumed on the friday before the fight that he just wasn't fighting and then they were like we found him a match and we're like okay so then we get there yesterday and the kid that they found for a match for him was 30 pounds heavier and yeah. that doesn't seem, I guess, like too much when you're an adult. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> but imagine being smaller. Imagine being 80 pounds and going against a 105 pound. Yeah, I That's know. That's what he weighed in at. But I think he actually weighed in he at weighed 109. weighed over, yeah. Gary said he weighed in at 109 and Alex weighed in at 78. Yeah. That's a huge difference. Huge. So that's wild. And... All of us were a little skeptical, including the dad, Gary. He was just kind of like, I don't know, I, I don't want to be a bad parent by making him do this. And we're like, we don't want to be a bad coach by making him do this. But at the same time, we were like, might be a good experience. Like, good for him to just feel it. See what it's like. Maybe, And we all know that our little Alex, he's, he's pretty tough. Like, he can throw really hard. He can kick really hard. He can hold his mm-hmm. own for the most part. Um, we probably won't put him against someone that big again in the future. No. It didn't go great. Um, as to be expected I mean when you're little 30 pounds when you're 78 pounds is like half of your body weight yeah it is which is crazy and so every every time he got kneed or just punched in the stomach it just kind of was like chiseling away at him a little bit more and he ended up getting defeated it was a rough stoppage in round three but he made it to three rounds he made it to three rounds and the other guy couldn't hold him down at all yeah they did make it to the ground a couple times The, the little kid like slammed Alex to the ground twice 
I, those were just big takedowns. Yeah. It wasn't a slam. It was just good takedowns. Yeah. But it was still, it was hard for everyone to watch. Like, definitely the whole crowd was just like, ooh. And then when the ref stopped it, like, Alex was so upset. And you, I just looked around and everyone was, like, almost ready to cry for him. And it was just, it was hard. But I'm, yeah, glad, I'm glad he was able to experience it and try it out and see how it went. And, yeah. But mm-hmm. there was that. Yep. And then Marco fought a Leo for the third time. Yep. Because he won the first two fights. Yep. Did he win the first? Yeah, it was the first fight was split decision. Yep. Second fight was he just won it. Yeah. I think yeah. it was unanimous decision. Yeah. On the second one. And so he's already beat this kid twice. I think he got too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And he um got stuck in bottom mount. Mm-hmm. And couldn't get out. Yep. So he lost that one by decision. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of the whole reason I wanted to talk about our topic today was because of that. So, when I told the kids coach Thaddeus, I was just like, yeah, unfortunately, Alex and Marco, they both did not win today. And then Thaddeus goes, dang, next time we won't have pizza and ice cream the day of the fight. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, what? You gave them pizza and ice cream? Right, like hours before they were fighting. Yeah. So, (laughs) we, Fluid had planned like a kid's outing, like a kid's picnic that morning for everyone. We, I guess, just assumed Alex and Marco would not go yeah. <laughs> when they had a fight that day. But at the picnic, there was pizza, and there was ice cream, and there was candy, and there was jujitsu. So our kids had been out in the hot sun, eating like garbage, and playing around before and then they had the fight. fight. Yeah. And I do honestly think that that might have had something to do with their performance a little bit. Yeah. And even though they're little and they can recover a lot quicker, I still think that that had... A tremendous effect on how they were performing inside of the cage, and I think that it could have been better. Absolutely. Because we've all been there. We know that even when we eat like garbage, we can't Even your training sucks. I remember one day I went to Buffalo Wild Wings before training, and I had like a good amount of boneless wings. Mm -hmm. And then it was a couple hours before Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu, and I felt terrible. Getting through Muay Thai and getting through Jiu Jitsu. I was like, please make this end. Yeah. I have been mildly torturing myself today. Yeah. Yeah, it was rough. And I, so even on, I believe it was Friday, at work, we threw a client event where we had a custard truck and we just invited all of our clients to a park and just gave them free ice cream throughout a couple hours. And wow. I remember staring at the custard truck and I was just like, I want it so bad. But I'm training tonight. And I kept staring at everyone eating this Culver's ice cream. We had chocolate, vanilla, and lemon ice. And then there mm. was all these different toppings. There was Oreos and cookie dough and caramel and chocolate and sprinkles and anything you could imagine. There was different types of, like, pecans and cashews and things like that. And I was like, I want it so bad. Like, all I wanted was a vanilla custard with caramel and cookie dough. My mouth is watering thinking about it. And that I wanted it good. so bad. And I told myself, no, I cannot because I am training tonight. And if I have ice cream right now, I will not perform well. So I stuck to my guns, did not have custard. I did have lemon ice. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. It is because it's not cream. That's just going to destroy my stomach. That's true. But like it took a lot of, I guess. Willpower, discipline. Yeah. To like force myself to not go eat this free ice cream that's right in front of me. To be able to socialize with the clients around me. And mm-hmm. I felt 
a sense of accomplishment, but also really sad that I couldn't have ice cream. <laughs> but that I've done that good. before, where I've eaten like crap, and like you said with the Buffalo Wild Wings, where when you eat right before you train, it doesn't even matter how good of food you're eating. If you eat right before you train, you're not going to perform. Typically, you're not going to perform the way that you would like to. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's for everyone. Maybe some of you are like God out there and can do it. But I am not one of those people. I actually, people think I'm crazy at work because I stick to a very strict schedule on when I eat. And this is one of the biggest things that I'll recommend to people when we're working on a diet together is I say you should try to eat at the same time every day. Even if it's like really random hours of the day, like let's say your work schedule is kind of all over the place and you can't eat until three o'clock in the afternoon, eat at three o'clock in the afternoon every day just to keep your system like on a, I guess, schedule. Yeah. And so that you're not making your metabolism just go out of whack for every which moment that it can. So what I do is every morning I drink my thermos of coffee and then after I'm done with my coffee, I'll have a granola bar. That's every single day. And then after uh, my granola bar, I don't eat anything else. I don't snack on anything. Maybe I'll have like a piece of gum or a mint or something, but I don't eat anything. And then I eat at two o'clock every single day. And People at my job think that that's crazy because most people in the office life eat at noon. That's just lunch hour. Like everyone goes and eats lunch at Mm. noon. And I'm the only one who eats as late as I do. And they always tell me, they're like, why do you eat so late? That's crazy. Like, aren't you hungry? And I'm like, I mean, I am. But if I eat any earlier than I do, then I can't eat again until I'm home and showered from the gym, which is like 10 o'clock. And so if I eat at noon, that's a 10 hour fast. And that's just too much. So I, I eat at two o'clock so that when I'm eating at 10, it's only eight hours in between the next meal, not 10. Yeah. So there are days at like 1230 or one o'clock, my stomach is rumbling. And again, I have to like force myself to just be like, you can make it another hour. Like I'll be fine. Eat at two, just eat at two. And I do notice on the days that I eat at noon, like, cause there have been a a few here and there that I'll eat at noon because maybe I have a meeting at two or I have a custard event that I have to be at at one or two to eat before that. And if I eat at noon, I am starving while I'm training. Like I just feel extra hungry. Mm, Yeah. I do something similar when I wake up. I always have water. That's something you should do. Wake up, drink water. (laughs) It helps. Gets you going. (laughs) But uh, after my water, I'll typically have a banana, and sometimes I'll have cereal, depending on if I'm leaving right away or not. But um, yeah, that's typically how I start. And then lunchtime for me is around uh, between like 11.30 and 12.30 is normally when I have lunch in that area. And then I normally do have peanut butter pretzels around like 2 to 4-ish. For two hours straight, I eat peanut butter pretzels. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No. But I do munch on them. Yeah. I have them out and around mm-hmm. and available. It's just a good snack. It's my favorite snack. <laughs> it's it's a good snack because it makes me, it helps me get through the day. But it also is not like a shitty snack. It makes me feel like miserable mm-hmm. later on yeah. that I had peanut butter pretzels. A little bit more healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I think, our other biggest thing that we try to do is we always try to have healthy snacks in the house. Um, yes. Nick really likes Peanut chips. butter pretzels. Nick really likes chips. Spicy chips. I need spicy. 
Yeah. I need spicy fixes. But we've actually limited him now where he has requested, because I do other grocery shopping, and he's told me, he's like, I'm only allowed to have one bag of hot Cheetos a month. One. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, if I have more than that, I will eat them. Yes. So please don't buy them more than once a month. <laughs> yeah. When I was uh, in high school or earlier in my 20s, which was last the last decade of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I would eat like a bag of Cheetos a day. <laughs> That's not good for me because I thought about it because it's good whenever you're eating like food regularly. Think on like a yearly basis. Like how many Cheetos am I eating this year? If I eat a bag or two a week, holy shit, that's like a hundred bags of Cheetos. <laughs> I don't think my body needs to process that. Yeah. Much less if I eat five bags of Cheetos a week. It's like 250 bags of Cheetos in a year. <laughs> wow. That's actually kind of crazy. Yeah. Imagine how much you spend on that, Ben. Exactly. Like, Cheetos, I don't need that many Cheetos. Cheetos are not that cheap either. They're like $4 a bag. Yeah. But like, if you say, oh, I have about 250 bananas a year. That's pretty good. They're like, oh, bananas are good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You should keep doing that. Yep. Eat those bananas. Oh, I've had about 20,000 peanut butter pretzels this year. Yikes. Uh, maybe, I don't know. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, when you put it in the numbers like that. Right. And that's like the sum of where you are right now. So whatever body type you have, whatever mental state you have, whatever physical attributes you have right now, that is the result of like the last year of everything that you've done with your body. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. If I spend a year eating Cheetos, I'm going to look like it. <laughs> you look like a Cheeto. <laughs> yeah, but I've spent a year eating peanut butter pretzels. And, you know, I'm not, like, stick skinny. But it's probably better than if I spent that time eating just Cheetos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, I guess, where we're getting at with all this is we like to have a healthy snack in the house that we can use as our go-to for when we're not ready to eat, like, a full meal. So, for example, mine is wheat thins. I typically always have wheat thins in the house. It used to be saltines, but I have just found that I really like waltines. Waltines. Uh, <laughs> wheat thins. I like wheat thins a lot. So I like to have that. But then I also like to have pretzels, just like regular pretzels. And the other thing that I go to is Regular cottage. pretzels are boring. I'm not going to lie. A little bit. But then I also love cottage cheese. I think it's... If I'm, like, starving when I get home from work, I'll just have, like, two bites of cottage cheese and I'm good. I'm good for a while. How many tubs of cottage cheese do you eat in a year? Probably, like, only six. That's not too bad. Nope. (laughs) It's not bad because I only eat, like, two or three spoonfuls at a time. Like, I don't eat the whole container. Yeah. But it's just, like, that extra little protein that I can just get just to fill me up right before training. And then it's not, like, too much cream or dairy where I feel it immediately. So I just, I really like having cottage cheese in the house. And then my mom, when I was growing up, she actually really used to like putting wheat thins in cottage cheese. I don't really like that very much. People actually like to put a lot of stuff in cottage cheese and I really just like it plain. I hear a lot of people doing stuff with cottage cheese. Mm -hmm. Like I know a lot of people like to put fruit in it. Oh yeah. And I've never tried that. I'm sure it's great, but I just really like it plain that I don't really need to add anything else. I do like adding salt and pepper, but besides that. I don't eat cottage cheese. No, you don't. Just peanut butter pretzels. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I dip it in more peanut butter. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yesterday, I had a couple little Hershey bars laying around, and I just made like a little Hershey bar peanut butter pretzel sandwich. Amazing. (laughs) But it's not good to just have chocolate laying around because I'm just going to keep eating chocolate. We typically try not to keep bad food in the house. I actually went probably the last like four months without having ice cream in the freezer because I always... For some reason, I always found excuses to eat the ice cream. <laughs> like, even if I told myself, like, I really shouldn't have ice cream. Like, I really don't need it. It's going to make me sick. It's going to make me groggy. I'm, like, very lactose intolerant, so I really shouldn't have ice cream at all. But hmm, yeah, I interesting. Just, every time I have ice cream in the house, I always tell myself, I'm like, I worked really hard this week. I deserve that ice cream. Or, like, I have my period, so I'm going to go eat ice cream now. And it was like, I found these I little- woke up today. Yeah. I deserve ice cream. <laughs> It's Sunday. It's Monday. (laughs) It's Tuesday. I'm alive. (laughs) Ice cream. Yeah. So I just found excuses. So it was just to the point where I was like, I don't want ice cream in the house anymore or I'll find excuses to eat it. There is now ice cream in my freezer, but we've been very, very, very good about it because now I feel like I'm a little bit more disciplined about it where it's like, I really, if I want ice cream, it has to be on a weekend when I'm not training and it has to be like... I worked really hard that week. If I only train two days that week, I don't I don't deserve ice cream. And I know I don't deserve ice cream. So I don't eat it. And I've been better. And I think not having it in the house for the last four months has, like, really instilled that in my brain. Because now we have two tubs in there. And we have barely touched it. They've been in there for over a month. Wow. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, there's strawberry and then chocolate chip cookie dough. Yeah, I try not to look in any cabinet or any fridge ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> I took a weight loss, I guess, class last year or maybe two years ago, and it was just through my health insurance. It was a program that they were offering called Rally, and it wasn't because I wanted to drop a bunch of weight, but I really was more so just looking for tips and tricks on how to just keep weight off or how to end those bad cravings that you've been having or how to make your life just like a little bit better based on your food choices that you decide on and things like that. So I tried it out for a little bit and some of the things that I was noticing was that a lot of people, what they would do is they would have to hide their snacks where they couldn't see them so that they weren't tempted to eat them. And as great of a tactic as I think that that is, the other part of me just couldn't help but judge and be like, then why are you buying them? Like, what is it that makes you need that item in your cart? while you're shopping if you know it's bad oh, for it's you, on sale yeah but like if you know it's bad for you and you know you don't have like the self-discipline to not eat it then why are you buying it because they also don't have the self-discipline to not buy it when they want it i just don't have that mentality so i don't understand that like i don't really have anything bad in the house except for ice cream and that's it otherwise yeah. our cabinets are full of healthy snacks healthy vegetables I peanut butter pretzels yeah my freezer is full of like healthy frozen meals or vegetables or fruits and things like yeah, that. But you're also very disciplined on spending money. So you know that everything that goes in the cart, you're going to spend money on. Mm-hmm. So your your first thought besides your hunger mm-hmm. is your wallet. Yeah. So that's why things don't make it to your house. Yeah. And I think and that's why I have to smuggle its snacks into this house. Stop it. But I think that's that's kind of an issue for people with food stamps because they don't really have to worry about that price. They're just like, oh, I, I can afford this. Let's throw this in the cart. And 
I just, I wish that everyone would have the mentality that I did where like, if you know you're going to feel like garbage after eating that item, then I don't think that you should buy that item. Like, how worth it is it to you? That's true. Because then my other mentality on the ice cream thing for the last four months up until I just had these cartridges in there. Cartridges? Containers. Cartridges? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of ice cream are you eating? Stop right with Like, that's not right. <laughs> um, Jeez. Did you get caught in Russia with this ice cream? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe How'd you make it out? Life, I don't know. But uh, anyway, my mentality with the ice cream was that if I really feel like I deserve the ice cream, maybe I worked really hard that week or maybe I just really was craving it and I really wanted it. If I felt like I needed it that bad, I can go to Oscars down the street and go spend the $5 on the Sunday. That'll make me really, really happy. And that's how I honestly felt about it. We should go to Oscars. Right? <laughs> I don't think we deserve it after how we ate yesterday. Okay, yesterday was a dream. Like, my 13-year-old self was so proud of me yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, all we had for food was, all we had in quotations, was pizza, custard, coffee, nachos, cheesecake, more nachos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was not a great day for dieting yesterday. Nope. It was not good. But we I, were well, training last night. Completely honest. <laughs> But I think that's also another issue that people tend to run into when they're trying to diet is the timing aspect of it. And that's kind of where we were running into it yesterday. We didn't have the time to come home and cook a healthy meal. And people were just handing us food yesterday. Yeah. We didn't have the time to really stop somewhere and get something healthy. Because we were on the move all day yesterday. From the second we woke up to the second we went to sleep, we were home for maybe 10 minutes twice to let the dogs out. It was crazy it was very busy yesterday so we just we didn't have the time and that's probably the biggest excuse that you'll hear from someone who wants to lose weight but doesn't know how is i just don't have the time for it yes and what i do in those situations because thankfully right now i'm not cutting weight for a tournament so eating all that was totally fine (laughs) and i like i said 13 year old me was so proud of all the food (laughs) i ate but uh, if I am cutting for a tournament or I know something's coming up where I've got to be in shape and that's the only food that's available to me, maybe I'm at an event, maybe I am not at home where it's my food, somebody brought this food and this is the only chance I get to eat today, I'm going to eat it, but I'm going to eat a very small portion of it. Mm-hmm. Just enough where I know I'm going to meet my macros for the day, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, enough so that I'm not dying of starvation. Which, okay, I'm not going to die. I'm being dramatic. <laughs> but, so I satiate my hunger a little bit. And my hunger is sated. Mm. That's how you use that word. Mm. And, um, yeah, I won't just, like, eat as much as I can just because it's in front of me. I will limit my portions proportionately to the goals that I currently have in front of me. Yes, I agree with all of that. And I think that's, so one of the other things that I took away from that weight loss app that I did last year or two years ago was, it was called the, it was either the two bite or the three bite rule. I'm going to go with three bite rule because that sounds, I think that's what they said. But uh, what it is. If you can't eat it in three bites, don't eat it. No. No. (laughs) Don't listen to him. Um, Let's go with the two bite rule actually. So basically when you're having all these cravings for all of these 
deliciously fatty foods that you just don't really need. Your body actually doesn't really want them. It's more your brain, your brain playing tricks on you. And so what you it's can a habit. do. Because, mm-hmm, I mean, think about it. In America, we're, we're pretty blessed with all of the food that's around us. Like, There's such can, an abundance. Yeah. And it's not all great for you. And that's kind of where we just fall into this trap of, like, thinking that we need this stuff when really we don't. Because in other countries... They don't have that, and they're living a much more healthy and comfortable life than a lot of Americans are. So the two-bite rule is just if you're having a craving for chocolate cake and you just can't stop thinking about this chocolate cake and it's just been on your mind all day long, go get the chocolate cake, but only have two bites of it. And after that second bite, it should satiate your hunger, <laughs> and it should actually like release those endorphins in your brain where you're like, oh my god, now I've had this chocolate cake that I've been craving and wanting so bad. And then if you have enough self-control and enough self-discipline, you should be good to not have that craving anymore for the rest of the day because now you've satisfied that with those two bites. Maybe it's three bites. You can make it three bites if it makes you happy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that two or three bite rule because a lot of times the dessert portions that we get in America too are just huge. You don't need that much. Like the Sundays we get at Oscars, I can't finish them most of the time. They're they're large. (laughs) They're very good. They are very good. But, like, I, I try not to finish them. But typically it comes to the point where I just can't finish them because they are a very large Sunday. So I think That's that. True. But I don't follow the two-bite rule for that. That I eat as much as I can. But, again, like, if you just have those two or three bites of that thing that you're just really wanting, hopefully it gets you to that point where you just don't really feel like you have that craving anymore. And then you can move on to something healthier. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, too, to drink water. So that's something that I've been trying a lot lately in the last couple of weeks is that when I'm really, really hungry, like let's say at noon I'm starving and I just don't want to eat lunch yet, I'll just drink as much water as I can for one time. <laughs> don't look at me like that. How much water is that, Brittany? It's not a lot, but it's enough to like help my hunger. Because you're... Don't they say that that's like tricking your brain as well Is like when you drink water, it's like telling your brain that you're full because you're filling your stomach with something even if it's not food yeah it does help with that one thing that also helps is drinking ice water because it almost like numbs your stomach a little bit and makes it feel more solid so you just get a cup of ice fill it up with water get a straw so you can drink it fast Mm -hmm. and suck that water down yeah and like for her she will drink maybe a quarter cup of water and call that a lot. For me, I'll drink like two whole glasses of water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But especially when you're fasting, that's one way to help your hunger mm-hmm. is to drink a shit ton of water. Or tea. Right. Yeah. So we've been trying to play with that a lot too, is just drink water when we're starving, just to help those cravings die down a little bit and to feel more full and just trick our brains into thinking that we're full, even if we are not actually filled with food. It helps out a lot. Yeah, water helps a lot, tremendously. Mm -hmm. And ice water helps even more. And the cool thing about drinking ice water also, if you're trying to lose weight, is uh, it takes more energy for you to heat your body up and you lose more weight. You burn more calories just by making that temperature difference. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. And if you ever really want to challenge your thermodynamics of your body, Mm -hmm. do an ice bath and then drink ice water. And see how long you will be cold. <laughs> because I've done that and I was very cold for hours. I believe it. <laughs> so 
So yeah. why do we do this to ourselves? Why do we not feed into our cravings and all of our wants for food? Well, I would like to stay the shape I am mm-hmm. or less. Because mm-hmm. if I gave into what America offers us on every street corner, uh, I would be 210 pounds again. Yep. So yours is because you don't want to gain weight. I don't want to gain weight. It's pretty self-explanatory. I feel like that's how a lot of people are. Is they don't want to gain more weight than what they have. Not everyone. Some people do want to gain weight. Susie. We want Susie to gain 10 pounds that's for her true. competition. But that's not going to be through eating crappy foods. Right. It's going to be through weightlifting. It's going to be through eating more protein. It's going to be through actually managing her macros in a way that gains muscle rather than losing fat. That's right. Type of thing. Which is its whole own story too. But uh, not gaining weight is definitely one of the big ones. I would say for me personally, I have a lot of stomach issues and a lot of foods make me feel really sick where I just physically can't eat them without wanting to cry (laughs) because even though it's really good, like ice cream, for example, as I had mentioned earlier, I'm extremely lactose intolerant. Mm, So when I have ice cream, I do get sick every time I have ice cream. And that's actually been a really good stopper for me is like, I don't really want to feel that way at the end. Like, not even just through training, but just in general. I don't want to feel sick like that. Yeah. So that's been really helpful. But I feel groggy, and I feel bloated, and I feel sick, and I feel like I just want to be a, a fat piece of shit just on the <laughs> on the couch and not train. She wants to be a potato. Yeah. A couch potato. Yeah. When she eats like that. Yep. And I don't like feeling like that because I'm a very active person. Well, it doesn't matter what I'm eating or what I'm doing. Like, I, I very rarely like to sit around and do nothing. Even when I do say I want to do nothing, I'm, it really only lasts for about 20 minutes. And then I'm, like, on my phone researching what to do and looking up projects and looking up house things. And I'm doing – I'm never just, like, chilling. So. <laughs> I remember the when you had COVID. Oh. And you were just in your room by yourself because I didn't have COVID. <laughs> and you were just, like – <laughs> I I don't know what to watch anymore, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't see the video, my face was just uh one of those long faces where you're bored out of your minds, just sitting in a bed all by yourself. Yep. It's like, well, now what do I do with my right. life? <laughs> so I guess it just gets even more heightened when you train and when you do jujitsu. It's like you don't want to feel sick, but you especially don't want to feel sick when you're training. You want to feel up to par. You want to feel good. You want to be able to have the cardio that you actually like are meant to have and yeah, when your you're, best yeah when you're bogged down by food it just really gets in the way of all of your goals that you're reaching for in your training yeah i'd say food adjusts my cardio first mm-hmm. and foremost secondly um and this affects other people also is if you eat terrible food all the time, it can adjust the inflammation levels in your bodies, mm-hmm. which is really bad for your joints. Mm-hmm. Which also, I don't know if you know this in jiu-jitsu, but we specifically attack your joints. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You gotta so, keep those joints healthy. Yes. We actually take joint supplements. We take joint supplements because we have joint problems because I've been alive for over three decades. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. How interesting. <laughs> so yeah. basically, throughout the training week, 
Okay, for example, let's put it this way. So Wednesday night, I had to go out for a bridal get-together. One of my friends who's getting married in November, she decided to get all of her bridesmaids together. We could all go out to dinner. We went to a pizza restaurant. Mm. It was a training night for me. Even though I wasn't training, that again goes back to my consistent schedule of Wednesday nights is typically a training night for me. Yeah. So I didn't want to eat like I didn't want to eat pizza. I just had no I had no interest in it. One, I'm lactose intolerant, so I was gonna feel like crap. Two, I would typically be training if I wasn't at that restaurant. And three, I knew I was training Thursday. So I had to like keep all that in mind. So while four of them all shared two pizzas, I got a salad. And mm-hmm. I think they all thought I was a little crazy because I was also the only one without a drink in my hand. I drank water that night. The other four of them had a cocktail or wine. And they were all drinking pizza and wine. Drinking pizza. <laughs> drinking. How interesting. Drinking wine and eating pizza. And I had my salad and water. And I looked at all of them and I was pretty jealous. I'm not going to lie. Like, I that pizza looked good. And the cocktails and the wine, they looked delicious. But I knew for my training and for myself and for my stomach, for future Brittany of Wednesday night, I was it was not going to be a good idea. And I had enough self-control to say no to that. Good for you. Thanks. Not a lot of people have that. No. And it was definitely like me being the black sheep of the group, which was a little unfortunate because mm-hmm. obviously you want to fit in, especially when you're hanging out with the other bridesmaids. Like you want to be able to do the things that they're doing and not seem like so weird. Uh, yeah. But at the same time, I was putting my health first and I yeah. was putting jujitsu second. And that's right. Eating pizza and drinking wine was not a priority of mine that night. Yep. Yeah. Your priority is uh, being healthy, being ready for training on Thursday. Yep. And I did. I felt great on Thursday. Yeah, because uh, food doesn't just affect you right after you eat it. It affects you for a few days afterwards. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you got to digest that stuff. Yeah. It actually takes a while. I get really, really, really into the topic of food that I could probably go on for another three hours about this. But I'm good at dishes. <laughs> so we train Tuesday through Saturdays for the most part. Sometimes we add in Sundays. Occasionally. Yeah. But... That means that we try to eat as healthy as we can throughout the week. You will very, very, very rarely see us on a Monday night through Friday night eating anything with cream in it. We, I've, I've only made Alfredo. Sometimes some pasta dishes with a tiny bit of cream. Yeah, like just to add a little extra flavor. Yeah. But that's it. And so I don't think I've really ever made Alfredo. I think my dad makes Alfredo. Chicken kick? I do not. Uh, so I don't like anything super creamy or heavy. We typically eat pretty light. Most of our dishes are chicken and rice or chicken. How many chicken breasts do you think we eat in a year? Oh, too many. Way too yeah, many. Yeah, but like how many do you buy in a week? Do you buy like eight a week? Um, Probably six a week. Six a week? Times 52. So like 300 and what is that, 12? Yeah. Over 300 chicken breasts, I would say. Hell year. yeah. Which is crazy. Yo como frango. What does that mean? I eat chicken. Okay. In Portuguese. Cool. How do you say it in Mandarin? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do not know. Yeah. I don't know how to say chicken, but wo he, no he is drink. <laughs> wo, wo, chi, wo chi fan means I eat rice. Hmm. And we do. We try I, to stick I don't to know rice. how to eat chicken though. Or in, in Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hmm. I'll work uh, on that one. <laughs> so, for those who know me, I, you would know that I cook a lot. 
I don't just cook chicken and rice because that when I said that out loud, I even just was kind of like, Ugh. like, no, I don't because <laughs> I definitely don't just cook chicken and rice. Um, I there's a lot of dishes, though. Rice is underrated. I love rice. Yeah, it's super good. Rice and sriracha. Not just because I'm Chinese. Don't laugh at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I do love rice. Yeah, rice is super good. I feel like I've been making more rice than I have been pasta lately. Because honestly, okay, so here's my biggest, like, pet peeve with people when they diet is that they say that they can only have, like, chicken and rice or they cannot eat pasta anymore. And I think that that's such a load of crap because you need carbs. Like, we've experimented with this already where we went on full keto so that Nick could try it out before a competition once, and it did not go well for him. He was very fatigued. He didn't have his cardio up to par the way that it normally is. That's right. I got smashed. Yeah. That was like my worst competition ever. Yeah. And we probably should have been doing keto for longer than we were before right. the competition so that you can build up a tolerance to it. Yeah. But anyway, like, just So it does work for example, some people, but... yeah. It- it didn't go great for us when we tried it. Like, Dave likes it, and that's fine. I mm-hmm. think that it works for multiple people. However, I do really think that you need carbs in your life. And maybe there's better carbs than pasta, but, like, I make such... Yeah, like sweet potatoes or whatever? Yeah, but I make such balanced dishes. Like, I almost every meal that we have has a starch, a veggie, and a protein. And typically, I'll have that starch be either potato... Or, I'm sorry, not potatoes, um, pasta or rice. Quinoa, typically. couscous. Yep, we do quinoa, we do couscous, we do potatoes. Every what is once couscous? In a while. Is it pasta? Um, yeah. Rice. Every time she makes food, I ask her this question, and she's always like, "Why do you ask?" I just make it, okay? <laughs> it comes this way, and I make it. Yeah. But I, so I try to. I also do... don't know where quinoa comes from. Yeah, I don't really know that either. I know quinoa is expensive. Yeah, and it's carb free. Mm-hmm. Is it? I have to go look at the label now. Now I'm curious. But uh. <laughs> yeah, so we're both thinking about competing on October eighth. Nick more than likely will. He has a lifetime pass for grappling industry, so he'll probably sign up. Me, I'm still waiting to see if more girls sign up for the blue belt division. But we're talking about doing that. Whether both of us do or just him, we're starting competition diet. We started about two weeks ago. Because we, like, kind of ease our way into it. And about four weeks before the competition is when we'll really, like, be hard about it. And, like, really Mm -hmm. not have any. We probably won't have pasta anymore. But we still will have, like, rice and couscous and quinoa and things like that. Yeah. But for our pasta dishes, they're never, like, creamy. They're never cheesy or, like, just full of just all their bad food. It's, like, typically. spaghetti. Yeah. Or beef and broccoli. Yep. With lo mein. Um, I really found this new recipe that I love called... It was like a chicken balsamic vinaigrette, mm. and I make that with penne noodles, and it has a red wine vinegar in it with some balsamic and a little bit of cheese. It is mm. fantastic. That's actually on my list this week to make. Oh, nice. I'm also making pesto chicken with mozzarella and tomato. Mm, yep. Um, so I definitely One of our have, 300 chicken breasts of the year. Yeah, right? <laughs> I have like lots of different competition prep style meals that I make that I'll probably start sticking to a little bit harder now. Yeah. And we're getting closer to October 8th. We do have some recipes on our website. I do, yeah. We've been really slacking on posting those, but uh, we do have lots of recipes. I also did, I think I am going to announce it actually a little bit, but I did kind of start this little thing, this little side gig thing where um, <laughs> I have Whoa. been meal prepping for people 
and and I I don't want to go too far into it because I'm really trying not to get overwhelmed with it. Mm-hmm. But I love cooking and I love being creative with the food that I cook and I love trying to come up with healthy meals for people. Mm-hmm. So and there's a lot of people that don't like cooking. Yep. Don't want to spend time cooking. Yeah. And don't know what to cook to be healthy with. Yeah. I'm one of those people. <laughs> so I was like, hey, can I marry you? And then you can make my food for the rest of my life. So a few months back, I came up with this idea. It was that a good trade. I would start a small little business and I was going to call it Food is Fuel. It's one of the hashtags that I use a lot on our website. And I Does that exist anywhere yet? What? Food is Fuel as a company? I don't know. Well, we're going to put them out of business. I didn't actually name it yet. <laughs> but I have quite a few people who are interested in the meal prep service. So I was going to offer it three different ways. I was going to offer... Just the groceries, like I'll give you the recipe and I'll give you the meal and I'll, it's kind of going to be like a, it's HelloFresh the one that does that where they just give you all of the stuff to make the meal. Mm-hmm. You still cook it, but you don't actually have to go buy it. Like yeah. I'll just get it all prepped and organized and portioned out for you. And then you cook it. And then you cook it. And then it kind of gives you quality time with whoever you're cooking it with. Um, then the next one was I was going to be, I would make it and I would freeze it. And then you can just have it as kind of like wing cuisines where it's just in your freezer. You pull it out when you want it type of thing. Um, the one that I've been doing for a specific individual that I've been working with is I will actually cook it and then I'll give it to him fresh like that. And then we'll make it every single week so that he has a week's worth of supply every single day. But the way that we've been doing it is that it's the same thing for breakfast six days in a row and it's the same thing for dinner six days in a row. So I'm not yeah. making but that was his, different meals. his preference. Mm-hmm. But and she'd mix it up a little bit. Yeah, and I would probably work with you to, like, figure out what you prefer and what you want. But it's very, very new. It's, like, in the very early startup stage of everything. So um, if you have any ideas of how to improve that or... Or if you're interested. Or if you're interested, let me know. We can maybe work something out. But this is something that I'm pretty passionate about. And I'm not trying to ruin my passion by getting overwhelmed with it. So I won't take on too many, but... I know it that there is quite a bit of interest in it and it's something that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So we will see where that takes me. But I think diet is a very essential part of a jiu-jitsu practitioner's life. And I think that if you don't diet properly, and I hate the word diet because it has such a negative connotation, but if you Everything don't, is your diet. Yeah. Like everybody's dieting, but it all depends on if you understand what your diet is or not just like everybody has a budget some people just have no absolutely no clue what's happening to their money yeah it's the same thing with food it's like a budget for your body exactly your lifestyle is your diet it Mm -hmm. really just depends on what you're doing with it so i don't like the word diet but it is essentially a diet and it just depends on what your goals are and i want to be able to help people reach those goals especially when you're training. I want to help you not feel bogged down during your training. I want to help you lose weight for that tournament you're trying to get to. And I want to just make sure that you feel good all yeah. day, every day. You can train strong. You can feel good. You can feel full. You can eat food that tastes great. Mm-hmm. It'll be slapping. <laughs> you made fun of me because I called something slap today. <laughs> you're like, yeah, those potatoes slap. <laughs> Did you just say slap and Jackie's like, she did, but I was ignoring it. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. Anyway, so yeah, I think, like I said, I could go on for hours and hours and hours about all this, but 
I think that you should really take a step back, think about what how many bags of Cheetos you're eating in a year. <laughs> how many chicken breasts you're eating in a year. Yeah, but, and if you want to increase or decrease one, that's a good place to start. Yeah. But, like, really think about your overall health and what you're doing for your body on a daily basis. And if it right. needs improvement, figure out where it needs improvement and just try to really have that self-discipline. I think that that's key. That's huge. Yeah. But I think that's all I got for this episode. Yeah. Uh, food is fuel. Yeah, it and, really is. And if you give, like, if you give your car the wrong type of fuel, it is going to die quickly Mm -hmm. so same thing with your body if you only eat ramen noodles and cheetos like i did in a decade ago (laughs) it's not going to be the same as (laughs) if i'm eating chicken breast and rice and vegetables and Mm -hmm. mixing it up Mm -hmm. keeping it healthy yeah yeah for sure all right thanks for listening guys thank you so much have a great week we probably won't be on next week because we have a wedding. Yeah, but hopefully we see you at the camp. Yes. It'll be a good time. Have a good one, guys. Bye.